He's a native Texan, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on another beautiful morning in Texas. I'm not in the hill country this morning, but I am still in the motherland and uh, calling it in today from far northeast Texas. Came up, uh, drove up yesterday evening to uh, visit with uh, some family members and uh, my 90-year-old uh, Uncle Dale was making ribs in the backyard, and I'm telling you, it's, um, man, I love Texas family. So uh, I'm up here and um, just uh, visiting with family and bringing it to you live here. we got all kinds of things to talk to you about. We've got the election results that we're going to go over. We also have um, the uh, third special Session ended without ceremony yesterday afternoon, and the governor started up the fourth special session almost uh, almost immediately. So um, that is, uh, we are in the fourth special session now, and uh, we'll uh, be talking about that. Um, I'm going to actually bring you some a little bit of national news that I want you to pay attention to. Uh, this is very important, and so towards the last half of the show, um, I want to talk to you about something that uh, the Federal Communication FCC is considering, and it is very, very, very scary. Um, so we've got some things on your calendar. Um, the uh, Wednesday the 8th, well, that would be tonight, uh, Wednesday tonight, the 8th is um, at 6 o'clock. We the People, Liberty in Action, will be having their regular uh, meetup. And uh, I get they've got a, quite a lineup. Someone sent me a text uh, yesterday about it. But they're going to have. Uh, you're going to get an update from Chip Roy. And listen, I know they're uh, chips um, making uh, quite a stir these days. And uh, I want to call your attention to the fact that there was um, a little hullabaloo about why he did not vote for the uh, censorship of uh, uh, Rashid uh, uh, Taliban Rashid, um, and uh, it was a perfectly sensible. Uh, reason why he didn't, and um, and those of you who just immediately blasted out of the gate, not knowing what what was in the resolution, I think you need to take a look at that. And the resolution did pass. So um, I read that this morning. I'm not sure if he, if uh, Chip changed his vote on it, but listen, you can ask him tonight because Chip Roy's representative will be there tonight, and I want to ask you to listen to uh, what they have to say. So uh, that is tonight at Acapulco Mexican Restaurant. The meeting, the meet-up starts at 6 o'clock. So get there early. Get there at 5.30, order some dinner, order some food. Those folks at Acapulco Mexican Restaurant, that's a great thing they're doing for uh, liberty-loving people in Kerr County. So you need to support those who support us absolutely 
And uh, so that is uh, tonight. Um, if uh, you hadn't heard yet, the uh, trip to the border has been postponed. Um, that was a trip this Saturday. The uh, group was going to be going to the border. Uh, that We just couldn't get all the details pulled off, and so that trip has been postponed. But if you reached out to the Fredericksburg Tea Party with interest in going to that, uh, then you still have an opportunity to do that. Um, every event that's going on in the Hill Country that a patriot might be interested in attending or at least knowing about is available on the Fredericksburg Tea Party newsletter, which goes out every Monday. Angela Smith and Tori Bishop do an amazing job putting out that um, newsletter every Monday. Um, and there was something that uh, I ran across when I was reading it on Monday. I was thinking, you know, nah, this isn't true. This can't be true. This must be an old post. And, you know, to be honest with you, I'm, I, uh, there are parts of that newsletter. I know exactly what it says and what it's going to be. And I go past it. And, and, uh, so there was one for moms for Liberty and I just kind of went by and it's like, Oh yeah, there's moms for Liberty. Good. I'm glad they're getting their word out. Glad that they're, uh, in the newsletter. And then I looked at what the headlines said. Did you know that Moms for Liberty has now found 48 more, 48 more books in the Fredericksburg Independent School District that needs to come off the shelf? And regardless of the state law that was passed, um, this last year that went into effect uh, on September of this year, the um, Regardless of that law, I guess Fredericksburg Independent School District is just going to ignore that. And what they are calling for, if you want to get rid of those books, then you um, got to file a complaint against each and every single book. So they're not going to follow the, the state law. They're not even going to follow the, let's say they've followed the state law. Um, but they're, they're just still going to leave those books in there, you know, back in a special section or something. These guys in Fredericksburg Independent School District does not want these books out of the school. They want whoever's fighting for these books, whoever is pushing these books, they want it in front of your children so bad they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And if you're still not sure about these books, go to that Fredericksburg Tea Party uh, newsletter. Find that little square. It's not a big one. It's a little one this year or this uh, this uh, uh, episode, this issue. Uh, sometimes she has, uh, Tara has lots on the newsletter, and this one was just one little box, one wee box right in the middle. And um, you can go to the link there, and it will give you the name, uh, author, all the information on a spreadsheet of every single new book sexually explicit book that they have found in FISD, including the middle school, not only the high school, but the middle school. And you can see those books there. And not only that, for each and every one of the books, they have pulled out a highlight for you to read so that you can see that we're just not talking about some lightweight, you know, snuggling, kissy face story. So you need if you're not if you if you haven't done these yet if you have not done your research on these then here's another opportunity 
open up your newsletter, um, find out Moms for Liberty, uh, Gillespie County, but you need to find out what's going on in your schools and how long, how long are we going to keep putting up with this? And I, I'm, I'm going to say, folks, we need to stop putting up with this. And uh, so we need to take a short break. But before we do, I'm going to give you some words of wisdom from poor, uh, from poor Richard's Almanac. And um, so uh, here Ben says, um, he that drinks his cider alone, let him catch his horse alone huh he that drinks his cider alone let him catch his horse alone i think ben may be talking about uh maybe sharing or something along the lines of that and uh so one more time he that drinks his cider alone let him catch his horse alone folks we're going to take a short break and we will be right back and uh i'll go over the election results and uh, the fourth special session. Y'all stay tuned. Find out more about the Fredericksburg Tea Party at fredericksburgteaparty.org. The Hill Country Patriot. All right, folks, we are back. Thank you so much for sticking around. We know... You know, I know you have choices. You can reach over there and flip that uh, button and turn the dial. So thank you so much for sticking around. Um, you're listening to the Matt Long Show, your Hill Country information station. Um, so we had the election yesterday. I'm sure probably everybody uh, has already seen the results. And um, all uh, all but one of the ballot measures passed. Um and uh, with pretty good numbers. And so here's the dilemma I found myself in a couple of months ago. When the when it was time to start talking about this November constitutional election. You know, there's, there's a time when it's appropriate to begin that conversation. I remember the first thing I said in my first comments about it were, these are all going to pass anyway. And I, and uh, it just because that's the history of these, and it is also the way that these amendments are written, and it is so frustrating for those of us who, those of us, you and I, who are paying attention and listening, and we see, we see what is in these laws and what is in these amendments, and we see some of the traps. We understand why some of those are there, but the language is so deliciously sweet that you just can't pass it up and that's the way they're written and it's done that way on purpose and so my dilemma was that knowing that these are going to always pass they're just going to pass most of the time do i say that do i talk about that do i come on the air every day and say look your vote's not going to matter because these are all going to pass of course not of course not i'm not going to say that and and so, but I don't think I'm being dishonest, but we did talk about that. And I think there was a lot of good effort that a lot of people put a lot of work and thought into these votes. You know, I, I uh, praised Flo and Glow yesterday morning during the show because they were calling their friends. And here's two ladies that are, 
they are long of tooth. Let's put it that way. And I'm sure they're giggling right now. Um, but they were busy calling their friends and, and talking about these different um, amendments. And then what did they do yesterday when they were on their way to vote and they were in the car? They said, we're going to call Matt one more time. So flow and glow. We had another discussion on the First Amendment. They still had some questions on it. And so this, regardless of the fact that kind of knowing ahead of time these are all going to pass, it's very frustrating. Um, but we still talked about them. We still need to be engaged. We still need to be waking up people so that the next time in two years, when this comes around, maybe we'll have a little bit more of a head start on all of these. But congratulations, Texas. You just gave yourself a huge pile of tax liabilities that you're going to be having to pay for for many years to come. But there was no way I was going to be able to talk a 51% of the state into voting no on this. So congratulations. We've got a whole lot more debt. We just voted ourselves a whole bunch of debt. And uh, hopefully in two years uh, we can uh, come back and talk about this and track what, how did, where did your money go for all these new programs you voted for yesterday? Who's going to track that? We have to keep up with that, and we have to be able to say in two years, look, two years ago you guys voted for this. What have you gotten for it? Nothing, and they're asking for you to vote for it again. seems like we just vote for this spending, and the money just disappears. Boom, it's gone. I, it, but we keep doing it. We keep coming back. Um, I guess the only phrase I can come up with is uh, that poem about the dog returning to his vomit, but we keep doing that. We keep coming back and, uh, we'll, I, I don't know when and how we'll learn our lesson. So that's the election results. <laughs> You've got a whole lot of debt. Uh, congratulations, but we, for sure, boy, we're not going to have any judges that are too old. Ain't going to be having none of that. Um, but we'll take on all the new debt. So the fourth special session has been, or the third special session, um, was a joke. Um, the Texas House is out of control, um, and they chose to play games in the third special session. They got two of the uh, four uh, or five items that were on the call. They got two of them taken care of in a fairly decent manner, and those have to do with stopping the vaccination, mandatory vaccination by private businesses. So that was a good one um, that passed, even though I'm very disappointed in it because it really only talks about COVID-19 vaccine, and uh, we should have more medical freedom than that. But that was... um, that one's on the books, and that one's good. And uh, I'm not sure if the governor signed it or yet, but uh, I'm sure he will. And then the other one, increasing the penalties for human smuggling and stash houses. Um, the uh, school choice, which was what originally the October special session was going to be about, didn't even get a chance, didn't even get out the door. Um, the bills that came from the House on school choice missed the governor's call by so far that really they shouldn't even been have been hearing that House bill that they wrote up because it should have been objected to immediately from the floor. Um, but it wasn't. 
And um, But it just didn't get through the Senate. It didn't get anywhere. And uh, so the special session ended without school choice. Well, as I brought to you yesterday, the, Demo- the Republicans, yeah, I, I, that was an accident, but not completely. The trans Republicans had already written a school bill. Um, that they said since they couldn't get it done in the 140 days of the regular session and the 30 days of the first uh, special, 30 days of the second special, 30 days of the third special, let's see, that's 90 plus 140, that's 230 days. Since they couldn't get it done in 230, 230 days, they decided, well, we're, we're, we're going to get ahead of this one. We're going to have this bill all ready for this fourth special session. It's what, what are you trying to impress me? You know, it's it, 230 days late and a dollar short. Um, but they've got this bill ready. Oh, are you ready for this? 177 pages long. Now, I know, I know, compared to 2,000 page bills that come out of the federal government, 177 pages isn't much. But for a Texas bill, that's massive. How many of your representatives have started reading this bill? How many of them will actually read every page of it? Listen, I read bills, and I love reading bills. Ay, ay, ay. When I saw that was 177 pages, I said, well, I'm not going to read it while I'm on this little road trip right now. Maybe when I get back, maybe I'll be able to read it on Thursday I'm not looking forward to it, but I think I can make, uh, I think I'll be able to uh, make some sense out of it. But uh, I'm already telling you the highlights I'm seeing from the 177 pages. This is not school choice. Um, and it is a, it's just one big mess. And um, the, the frustrating thing about it is that we have a Republican held House, a Republican Senate, a Republican administration. And yet the Democrats control this school choice bill and so much more in the Texas House. Um, those of you who um, uh, look forward, as I do every Wednesday, of having Jonathan Science join us with uh, Texas uh, Values, TX Values, it was just much easier for me today to to just call it in uh, from Longview and uh, not have him on the program today. So we'll have, uh, if you were waiting for Jonathan, we will have him back next week. And uh, right now we're going to take a short break, and um, we'll be right back after that. Y'all stay tuned, please. He owns the largest collection of do-rags in Gillespie County. He's Matt Long. Born to be wild. All right, folks, thank you so much for sticking around. Um, I do not, I very, very rarely go into uh, federal issues or uh, things happening in D.C. Um, and, uh, you know, when Pastor Greg comes on on Tuesdays, that's my opportunity to do that. But my theory behind that, there's a couple of things. First of all, you've got, you've got 
you, you, you've got more than an earful of people going over the same talking points and the echo chamber on what's happening at the federal level. And uh, we all know everybody's got their places where their favorite place to keep up with that. But we just haven't had that for Texas. And now we do. And that's what I'm trying to offer for Texas is the things you're not hearing because everybody's concentrating on what Fox is talking about at the uh, national level. So when I heard this story yesterday, and I had not heard anything about it before, uh, my first reaction to it was, well, here we go with another uh, conspiracy theory. Uh, yeah, I did that on purpose. Um, here we go with another uh, conspiracy to, you know, Federal government taking over the whole world. And so when I heard this story yesterday, I'm thinking, ah, nah, I'm not going to, I'm not jumping in on the deep end on this one until I do a little bit more homework. And boy, it wasn't easy. I went straight to the FCC website. That is the Federal Communications Commission website. I went right to the landing page. I didn't follow any links. I did my own research, and it was very quickly I found this article that was written actually uh, uh, an office, an official memo or statement from the commissioner of the um, Federal Communication Commission, the FCC. And by the way, those are the guys who make the rules over what we can or cannot say on the radio, blah, 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 so on and so forth on radio and television, you've been familiar with them all your life. You've grew up with them. You know that the FCC says you can't say nasty words on TV between, you know, during the hours when children might be watching, and you can't show certain parts of the anatomy during certain hours. And so that's the FCC who regulates the airwaves. And they have for pretty much all of our life. As long as uh, you and I have been around, they have been uh, they've had their hands on that. Now, I have to tell you, the commissioner for the FCC, his name is Brendan Carr. Brendan Carr is a good guy. In fact, he's a real good guy. Trump put him in there. I'm actually kind of shocked that he's still there, um, but he's there. And so he released this statement on November 6th. And so this is this is brand new. And in there, he reveals that last month, so that would be in October, that President Biden gave the FCC some marching orders. Are you ready? So last month, President Biden called up the FCC, and he asked them to implement a one-page section of the 2021 Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. That's the Infrastructure Act. All right, so there was one page. I would be willing to bet, and I don't remember, and I don't know this for a fact, but we were talking about the 177-page bill from the Texas House. Who knows what's hidden in it? This 2021 Infrastructure Act, if it was less than 2,000 pages, I'll be shocked. All right? However, but Biden knew that there's one page in there, one page, and he called on the FCC to go ahead and implement that one page. So are you ready? What is that one page? That one page in there is called Digital Equity. It's about digital equity. 
and what this one page does and what is going to have a vote on next week on the 15th, the commission, the FCC, is going to vote on this plan. And that, from what I understand, the, the plan that they're going to vote on, this commission has a three to two liberal bent on it. Okay? So what are the chances of this, um, this new little rule change being implemented? They're pretty high. Now, what is this rule change? And here's where you're going to start to think this is a conspiracy, all right? This rule change is going to give the FCC complete and total control of the Internet. Complete and total control of the Internet. First of all, the backbone of the Internet are the, are the ISPs. Those are your individual service providers, Internet service providers. That's your local guy down the street, all right, who's come in and put a company, and they're, they're your ISP. And they are going to be controlled, every single one of those. The FCC will be able to them how to allocate their capital. You know what that means? That means that every one of these single small companies, the federal government is going to be able to tell them how to spend their money and where to build, where to build. And the government is going to tell them which services that the consumer may purchase. They're also going to be looking at the profits of every single one of those ISPs and seeing how they can use that profit. They're going to be having rules and laws on advertising, even on the discounts and promotions that you can receive. Every single aspect of the Internet will be in control of the federal government. The, the guy who is the, um, uh, the, the uh, secretary, the uh, commissioner, Brandon Carr, his, in his statement, he says, never in the history, not only of this country, but of the world, have we seen any government go this far to take over the means of communication in a country. This is, he says this is not, there's nothing even come close to it. All right? Here's the other things that they're going to have control of. These are all the things that you go shopping around for. When you need a new, I need a new ISP. Our, our, our Internet service where I live is lousy. Um, we're operating on basically a cellular system. It's no good. We can't get the, uh, we're not, we don't get the uh, fiber optic out there. We're not close enough to a hub for that. Um, we definitely don't get cable. Um, I got sick and tired of the satellite systems that went out every time. These are the high-orbit satellites, the uh, what are DISH and uh, whatever the other one name is. We had those for years. Those were just, I, I got sick and tired of those. They just don't seem to work really well. So these are all the things. So when I'm shopping for a new ISP, I want to know what are their speeds, what are their capacity, what's their latency. Right? Are there any data caps? Are they going to start throttling my data into the first week of my one month? What are my prices? That's one of the things that I want to be able to compare. If company A gives me this speed and this much data, 
for X number of dollars, and I can go down the street, and, well, here's another company that will give me more data, but a higher price or a lot. That is competition. So one of the things that the FCC is going to take over probably next Tuesday, this is not a maybe, this is not a uh, we're going on down the road, oh, they're talking about it, it's a rumor. This is a vote to take place this next Tuesday. And the federal government is, wants to be able to control the speed of your Internet service, the capacity, the latency, the data caps, the throttling, the pricing, the promotional rates, the imposition of late fees, the opportunity for equipment rental, installation time, contract renewal terms, service termination terms, and the use of the customer credit and account history. This is all straight out of the new this rule. All right? So, and there's more scary things to it. I can't even go into it. I highly suggest, strongly suggest, that you go that you go to the FCC website today. Look it up yourself. Do a little bit of digging. I found it really quickly. And it is the um, statement issued by Commissioner Carr, Brendan Carr, on November 6, 2023. The next step you need to do, call the FCC. Call Chip Roy. Um, I heard Chip Roy comment on it yesterday. Um, His only comment on it was, listen, we've got a lot of logs in the fire. All right, so. I am not judging him on that comment. I know he has a lot of logs in the fire, um, but this one to me seems to be more than just a log. I think we got more than just a log on fire. I think not only has the fireplace caught fire, but the house is burning down around us, and we don't even know it's happening. This vote is next Tuesday. Are you hearing anybody complaining about it? Are you hearing anybody talking about it? Anybody? Next week, complete government takeover of the Internet. Complete and total takeover of every aspect from your Internet service provider to the speed, to the amount of, to to, to how much you're going to pay or not pay, to how much you get, to uh, what do you think? There's going to be anybody in there um, watching the content heading into this next election? You think there's going to be anybody in the FCC that's concerned about so-called, you know, what, false, fake news? or You think there's going to be anybody in there trying to shut your voice and my voice down? Absolutely. We need to draw some attention to this and... um, So that's my little delve into what's going on at the federal level. Please do some homework on this. Please call your representative. Call Chip Roy if you're listening somewhere else. But you got to do this right away. This vote is coming up Tuesday, and the makeup of that committee is three to two against us. And so we could have, wow, government, complete government control of the internet by next week. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. He's a teacher and activist. In an effort to alleviate the effects of the anyone, anyone. And your host. 
Anyone? Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. Anyone? All right, we are back, folks. Thank you for sticking around. We got the fourth quarter of the Matt Long Show being brought to you today from an undisclosed location in the far piney woods of northeast Texas. Do me a favor and pray for my drive back to the hill country today and just cover me. Um, I just need, uh, just need to get back home safe to my wife and family and my cats and my good friends at the Hill Country Patriot and, uh, cause they expect me in there every morning. So anyway, what are your, what are your takeaways from today's, uh, today's program? The takeaways are that the, uh, the biggest one, the fourth special session on school choice. I want you to really pay attention to this one. We need to really, this needs to be one where we're not so rabid about school choice that we just jump up and down and cheer whatever comes out of the Texas um, legislature. Um, they, that's what they want us to do. That's why after every session they tell us it's the, that was the most conservative session in the history of the state. And uh, and we look at it and go, well, no, it wasn't. It was actually kind of a purple one. But they keep telling us that, and so many of your friends, now this isn't you, you're the one busy telling your friends about this, but so many of our friends will just buy it hook, line, and sinker. In fact, they're going to say, well, we got you a school choice bill. What are you complaining for? I, I can hear them now. And I'll get, go up there and say, you know, this uh, this bill's not very good. Well, you're getting school choice. Shut up. Sit down. You're getting school choice. Isn't that what you ask for? Well, this is school choice. That's the way they treat us and are going to treat us. As long as we keep accepting the crumbs off the table. I'm going to stay on top of this school choice bill. Right now, I am completely 100% against it. Not because I'm against school choice. But because this bill is absolutely, this 177-page bill I'm going to tell you right now, just for the fact that it's 177 pages, I'm going to object to it. All right, we can start there. Now, I already know enough of what's in it that I can go beyond that and be against it. But um, don't, let them, don't let them sucker you into saying, well, this is it, school choice. You take this or don't take it. Don't let them do that to you. That's blackmail. And it is not how you and I believe our country should be run. It's not what you and I believe that our representatives should be doing while they're up there. Um, so the last couple of minutes, I, uh, I uh, read, uh, you know, of course, you all know I'm a Glenn Beck fan. And uh, he gets a he sends out an email every day that is um, it's what he gets at about four o'clock in the morning that usually has anywhere from, I don't know, usually 50 or 60 stories, headlines in it. So it's a really big, uh, long, uh, it's not, they don't have all the stories there, just links to them, but it is, it's his material for his show that day. And he rarely gets to, well, it's his choices. It's his menus, basically what it is. 
And uh, But one of the things he does at the top of it is he puts on there the scripture that he is reading that day. And so I'm usually going after stories, and so I scroll on down, and I'm looking, what's he got anything on Texas? Where is he on this? Where is Glenn on that? And I'm going through the stories, and I every now and then I'll say, hmm, I wonder what that scripture is. Or So yesterday I was uh, looked up, and it, his scripture was Deuteronomy 32 and verses, um, I believe, 45, 46, and 47. Those were the verses in there. And I said, well, that's in Deuteronomy. I'm going to, and it's late Deuteronomy. Let's see what's going on here. What is Glenn reading and studying? And so I read those scriptures and I went, wait a minute, those, that, i got to read the, what leads up to those scriptures. And so I went back and I read all of uh, uh, chapter 32, which is called the Song of Moses. And I'm thinking, man, that's a kind of a not a very good sounding song. Um, it's a, it's a, a ton of doom and gloom. And not just a little bit of gloom and doom, but a lot of gloom and doom. And so then I said, well, I guess I better go back a little bit further. So I go back before 32 to read out what's going on. Where, where are we in the story of Moses? Where are we in the story of the Israelites? Well, the end of Deuteronomy is when we get to the promised land. And, of course, you know Moses hasn't been, he's not going to be allowed to go in, right? Because he... Uh, he um, he he turned his uh, he turned his back on the Lord, and the Lord said, "Well, man, you messed that one up. I'll let you bring the people to the promised land, but I'm not going to let you in." And so, what's happening at the end of Deuteronomy is where the Israelites, for the first time, have spotted their homeland, the land that has been promised to them. And that they have now, they're, they're taking it in, and they're getting to go into the promised land. And here is what I did not know about that story, and, uh, but I do know now. Um, I guess the picture I had always had was the Israelites, and they'd been marching for, what, 120 years through the desert now? Is that right? Somebody's going to correct me, but I believe it was three 40-year periods and they finally get to uh, the the edge of the promised land. I believe they're uh, on the uh, east side over the river, um, uh, I believe over the Jordan. Again, my uh, got my mom and my wife will be correcting me on all of this, but uh, I'm doing the best I can. So they're there. They're right at the end. And God has come down, and I do remember this, God has come down into the tent of Moses. Um, to talk to him one more time. In fact, he goes in, he says, um, Moses, um, you're about to die. In fact, I'm um, going to give you a little message here, and then I'm going to send you to the top of this mountain, and you're going to lay down and die. And that's kind of the way the Scripture says uh, in there. That's uh, verse 14 of 31. He says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, the time for you to die is near. And uh, so she, he says, call Joshua. You guys come to the, man, uh, the tent, and uh, I'm going to commission Joshua. And so they go to the tent of the meeting, and the Lord appears in the front of them. And here's where I kind of always had this picture of these overjoyed uh, Israelites, now three generations uh, in the desert. 
and they're all making it uh, finally into the promised land. I mean, the grapes are so big that it took men just to bear one. You know, it took a whole uh, a group of men just to hold up one big strand of grapes in the land of milk and honey. And I just assumed they were all going in there with smiles on their faces, and this is so great, and how great is our God and how great is our Lord. I just had this mental picture all these years that that was what was going in. And then I read the Song of Moses from verse 32, or chapter 32, and then I went back and I read chapter 31, and then I went back and read chapter 30, and I come to find out that God says uh, to to Moses, he says, um, yep, um, you don't get to get in, but all these people get to get in. And, uh, oh, by the way, they're all going to immediately turn their back on me. They're going to start worshiping idols. They're going to completely abandon the law. They're going to completely lose everything. They're going, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is not the picture I had of the Israelites entering. And so the song of Moses is God telling the people, you are going to lose it. You're going to mess this up so bad that they, you will probably all but completely destroy yourself. But then he says that then God says, but there's a reason I'm doing this. There's a reason I'm doing this. And so that it, you will know that when I lift you up and when I bring you out of the mess that you're about to get yourself into, you will know that I am the Lord and that I am your God. But um, it was just uh, now that we're all talking about Israel and, and what was the, uh, you know, what, where was it founded, where was it started, this is it, folks. Uh, Deuteronomy um, verses uh, 32 and uh, God and verse 33. In God, or chapter 32 and chapter 33, and then of course uh, Moses uh, followed God's direction, and he went down to the top of the, went up to the top of the mountain, and uh, laid himself and died, laid himself down and died. Um, so here we go. This is the beginning. I suggest going back and reading this, um, especially with what's going on in the world right now. Go back and spend a little bit of time in Deuteronomy. And uh, the, the, the prophecies that were made in the Song of Moses, and had they come true, and are they still coming true? And I believe they are still coming true. And uh, so those are my thoughts for today. And uh, again, I ask you to pray for uh, my travels today um, and uh, pray for my aunt who is... Um, Getting ready to go meet the Lord Jesus, and uh, and so pray for her. This is going to be, and she knows that she is a happy warrior and knows that uh, this is just a moment in time. And so pray for my Auntie Pat and pray for my travels today, and we'll see you back in the studio tomorrow.